Good morning. Welcome to Alexander Friends. We are taping live at the Old House Barbecue in Carrollton, Texas, 1905 North Joyce Lane. And we'd love to invite you to come and join us for our podcast, listen to our wonderful show, and meet our candidates. I'm sorry, I meant candidates. I meant uh, meet our, our guests and our team. And we enjoy a very wonderful lunch at the same time. And we want to thank Mr. Jose Guillen for giving us the opportunity to be on his stage and, and Thank uh, you so much. enjoy uh, lunch and Gracias. enjoy the day. Hey everyone, this is Jose Gillian, the owner of All House Barbecue, located on Louisville and Carrollton. You can find us at allhousebbq.com and we are the proud sponsor of Alexandra and Friends. Come and see us. We have an amazing show today and I want to welcome, let's first welcome our Two wonderful co-hosts, and one of them is our city councilwoman of Carrollton, Texas, Miss Daisy Palomo. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Happy to be here today. Today's a very special show. So yes. excited. And who's this lady sitting right next to me? She looks like the star of the Vogue magazine. Would you she not does, say? She does, Miss Shelley Delbo. Can you give us a little note of just your song, how you get up in the morning and do that little song in the morning, just a little? Lord. Help me, Lord, give me the strength to bear the day that comes that we don't have control. Boy, wow. Do we have, I mean, this little table, this round table has so much talent. Mm-hmm. Of course, the biggest talents are our producers, Absolutely. Michael Clark Absolutely. and Luis Paloma. Without yes. them, we would not be here. Thank so let's give them a big hand. Ellen Productions produces our show every first and last Saturday of the month. Yes. Well, we have an exciting show, and I think we need yes, to move forward do. to it because we a lot to do with it. And... Um, Daisy, I'm going to let you introduce our guest this morning because I think it's very important that you... you oh, I'm sorry. Before we do that, we're, we're missing something. We're going to take just a second to listen to the Pledge of Allegiance for the Clark family. The children are amazing. So we'll be right back. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. That was so wonderful. Thank you so very, very much. So, Daisy, I'm going to turn it over to you because this gentleman is amazing, and I think you all have so much in so common. So excited. And yes. I'm so excited. Well, good morning. Look, we have some young, amazing is it, oh, listeners coming in. Good morning, Matthew. Good morning. Okay, okay Daisy, take so, it on. So, today we have a very special guest. Um, I met this person earlier this year, and he is just amazing. The work that he does with um, with our fathers, and he's going to tell us more about that. But um, Paul Juarez, he was born and raised in Denton, uh, just 30 minutes northeast of here, and he graduated from Denton High School. He's been married to his lovely wife, Miss Barbie Juarez, for eight years, and um, he is also uh, a minister. He's been working with different ministries, but the one that we're uh, going to focus on today is focusing on fathers 
And I'm going to let Mr. Popwatis tell us more about that. Thank you so much for being here. Yes, good morning. Good morning, Mr. Paul. Thank you so good much for being here. Good to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, we're talking about one of my favorite subjects, actually, uh, fatherhood. So uh, I ran a faith-based nonprofit in Denton for seven years, and then I decided to leave. And uh, so September 1st of this last year, I decided to leave. And I looked over at my wife about halfway through the month, and I said, what am I more passionate about than anything else? And she said, fatherhood. And I had already been volunteering for this organization for the last eight years. So I went ahead and called them up and I said, hey, will you guys hire me? And then finally they hired me. Awesome. <laughs> so I went to work uh, for them uh, starting at the beginning of October. Um, so uh, haven't looked back. I get to um, have an impact on fathers. Uh, you know, and uh, and the way that they father uh, their kids, uh, and really a big thing is breaking the cycle of of uh, fatherlessness and uh, what that has meant uh, for the world in this country and in our communities. You know, so that's what I get to do for a living is I get to impact the kingdom of God. Um, you know, through uh, ministering to fathers. Amen. That's awesome. You know, one thing that you mentioned. Uh, a lot of us don't always get to do is to follow our passion, but also right. be make it a, your vocation and to to get, you know, to, that's your livelihood. And the more successful you are with these fathers, the more I'm, I'm seeing a lot of success in your future with your family and your uh, your wife. So tell us more about your family. How, how is um I'm sure you're you're more empathetic with these fathers because you are one as well. So tell us oh, about that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, um, I grew up without a father, you know, in the home. My father was in prison three different times. So it's uh, really hard to actually be involved with your kids and in their lives if if uh, you're not there. You oh, know? absolutely. So the, that's something that we see with fathers all the time, especially the fathers that that God allows us to steward. Um, you know, so uh, for me, uh, growing up with a father really impacted my life and, uh, and it governed uh, everything that I did uh, and didn't do. You know, so I had some brokenness that I followed right along with uh, what my father did. So I actually had a, uh, I've got an ex-wife and a daughter that grew up without her dad in her life every single day. That means that I wasn't living there at the house uh, with them from the time that she was four. And then I fathered another child, my son, uh, who is now 16, uh, grew up in a house without his father in his life every single day. So I never married my ex-girlfriend uh, there. So I had two kids growing up um, in, in their homes without their father in their life every single day. So I was becoming just like my father because my father actually fathered nine different kids oh, with nice. three different women. So I was becoming just like my father, you know, but then a miracle actually did happen is the third time my dad got out of prison, he was a born again Christian, you know, so the very first thing he wanted to do is introduce us to Jesus Christ and, and who had changed his life, you know, so it really, uh, what I get to do now is I'm becoming just like my father was in his last uh, years, actually being a good father, involved in his kids' lives. You know, the, my two youngest brothers, he was actually the coach uh, for them uh, in basket and baseball 
baseball all the time that they actually played uh, baseball or any kind of sports. You know, so that's what I got to see. Uh, so I've got a, a daughter and a son uh, who uh, love. My daughter graduated last year from TWU, uh, and now she's pursuing her master's in speech pathology. Uh, so that's actually the first college graduate in our family. You know, so uh, it's uh, something I'm very proud of. Uh, my son, uh, you know, uh, very good at sports, but he decided to pursue um, a band. So he's actually a drummer in, uh, in the high school band. You know, so he does a really good, very proud of him. You know, and my wife had two daughters, you know, and, uh, and, and so they're my stepdaughters. Mm -hmm. And so now I have two other daughters. And then I have two grandkids, two boys, uh, who after this, I'm actually going to go to a baseball tournament where one of our uh, grandsons, Josiah, is playing uh, baseball, and he just absolutely loves baseball. And I get, get to be involved in their lives, you know, and, and really how God can restore things in people's lives. Now he's got me two boys that absolutely love sports, and anytime they ask me, you know, to go play in the backyard, I say yes, no matter what. Yes. You're listening to Alexander and Friends. We're recording at the Old House Barbecue in Carrollton, Texas. I have a very uh, important question I want to talk to you because how I met you was the same place where Daisy was. And I've been doing a lot of reading on the new on the uh, organization you work for, which is uh, New Day Services. I am really thrilled uh, to see something like this. But last night I was reading at 2 o'clock in the morning. I was reading all about your organization, and I was thinking, why are we not bringing these programs to the high schools, to the schools and teach? Because I think I find myself, these are young men and women that are graduating, coming from school. They need to learn a little bit about the process of being a parent. Because nowadays, I think parenthood, parents are, are, are something we don't even study about anymore. But Daisy, is that, it was so amazing reading all about their organization, how they teach, how they bring together because you get the parent, the father, after he's already a father, right? That's correct. So tell us a little bit about that program. That's what I was reading a little bit. And I was wondering what it would affect, what effect it would be. Let's say Daisy's in, in, in the schools. What it would be to introduce this program that he teaches, maybe in the senior year, of what a father is all about before they decide to, to join into marriage. What do you not, think? Not even that. I think, I think as well, I agree with that as well. But also, I think the importance of when a man should open the door for the woman. The things that they just don't know these days about in that, you know, um, being a 12th grader, <laughs> getting ready yeah. to graduate from high school. And they Daisy, don't know about that kind And Daisy of stuff. just said something a second ago when I'm with Luis. Mm -hmm. What does he do? He carries her stuff. He carries my things. They don't know, they don't know that. Because yeah. why? Because there's that love and that connection, and as a parent and a father, right. it's um, so it's lifting each other up and it's helping one another and it's it's respect, respect, and <laughs> respect. respect, respect. That's right. Sweet so respect. tell us a little bit about New Day and tell us how you got involved and what is the process for the for the uh, father? How you get to these fathers? Because they don't actually come to you, they're, they're sent to you, correct? Is that reading it, the... Yes. yes, in most cases. Now, we do have uh, you know, a lot of voluntary uh, uh, fathers that do it voluntarily. So what we do is we teach a curriculum that is a 10-week mm -hmm. class. Mm -hmm. That's two hours, uh, two hours uh, you know, in an 
evening, and I teach uh, two different classes, one on Monday and one on Thursday in Denton. And uh, it's a two-hour class for 10 weeks. You know, so it, through that process, we're able to actually engage uh, with men and actually, you know, teach them some of the tools, you know, that we have learned, you know, how to be men to their families, how to actually engage with their kids. You know, so uh, the biggest thing that we find is that most men um, nowadays didn't have a father, didn't have an example in their homes to actually be a man and how to be a father. Exactly. You know? So we, we hear all the time with these men uh, that uh, they just want their kids to be better than them. Well, the mm -hmm. only way that actually happens is for them to be better than them. More is caught than taught. All right. So they will catch the things that they actually see mm -hmm. uh, in their father right. at their home, mm -hmm. you know, and actually do those things. You know, more than we can talk all we want, but they will do exactly what we do. Or the young women will actually grow up and marry someone just like the biggest male influence in their lives, you know, and that should be their father. You know, so if we're out there being a good father, we will produce uh, good parents. We actually do have, uh, so the one that I teach and involved in is Focus for Fathers, but we also have a Focus for Mothers program. So we, we teach for the mothers and the fathers, and we get all of our referrals, most of our referrals from the courts or judges or uh, CASA, uh, CPS, you know, so these are men uh, and women that have gotten in trouble one way or another, whether it's domestic violence or it's drugs, and they get referred to us. And, and what we do is we get them to come to a class, you know, and then get them and, and bring them through the program. The biggest thing we have to do is we got to get it into their head. We got to show them that it is possible. And then we got to get it into their into hearts. Their heart. And then we got to get it into their hands and actions. You know, love is actually a verb, you know, in the things that we do. So their heads, their hearts, their hands. And that's really what we're looking to do. And we, we can do that. We can make a difference in this world. We can make the biggest difference in, the, in this world. Uh, we really can. So that's what we try to do. So like I said, I've been volunteering for the last nine years with this program. And then when I decided to leave the other ministry I was with, Mm -hmm. uh, I decided uh, to go to work and make a big impact in these fathers' lives, and that's what uh, I've been able to do. You know, and we get really good feedback. We uh, take really good stats to make sure that it is actually working. And it was really interesting how you just sang this song and you mm. talked about control. Mm. Control is one of the big issues that men actually struggle with. You know, so we mm. actually teach that. So I just want to cover a little bit about uh, week one, two, and three, and then a little bit more. You know, but week one, one of the biggest things that we do is we teach about control. So I draw a big old circle uh, on a uh, on a board uh, flip chart. You know, and what we do is we talk about the things that we can't control. So traffic, in-laws, boss, coworkers, your wife, your girlfriend, your ex, a judge, CPS, police caseworkers, weather, all those things make it. And then we do a, a draw a smaller circle right there in the middle, and we talk about the things that we can control. And we put AA. It's not Alcoholics Anonymous, but it is attitude and actions. That is interesting. And attitude interesting. is actually your heart, yeah. and your actions are your hands, yeah. right? And attitude if we can get it to their head, and then to their heart, and then to their hands, 
You know, so we, we talk about that, but then we draw another circle right around the smaller circle, and it's a dotted line because it can actually expand. You know, and that one right there is a circle of influence. Now, we talk about control, and we're all born with control. And you'll see the littlest kid trying to control everything. You know, but that's, we can't control things with just power. We actually have to control things with influence and the influence that we have on people. So we try to teach the men about influence and the difference between, you know, power and control. You know, driving down a road, there'll be a big old uh, four-wheel uh, pickup truck coming down the road, very powerful. But if a police officer out there that has the authority, you know, and the influence comes out there and puts his hand up, that truck better stop. Now, that truck has more power than that police officer. But it was the influence. But it's the influence and the authority that that, that police officer has. And that's really what we're trying to do is rebuild that authority in the household. And that authority, a lot of times, is the father. Right. And a lot of those things we're actually already uh, born into. But if we are trying to control things, we actually look different to other people. We actually look um, hateful, angry, crazy, impatient, mean, unreliable, dangerous, controlling. That's what we look like when we're trying to control things. But when we use influence, we look a lot different. Instead of hateful, we're looking loving. Instead of angry and crazy, we look joyful and peaceful. Instead of impatient, we look patient. Instead of mean, we look kind and gentle. Uh, instead of unreliable, we look faithful and reliable. And instead of controlling, we look self-controlled. I don't That's know if y'all recognize yes. those, but those are the fruits of the Spirit. That's right. The fruits of the Spirit, yeah. exactly what we try to teach the men how to do. Yeah. So you're teaching from inside out. Not from inside out. out. Yeah. That's awesome. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. But, yeah, I like that. I was saying. Well, it's because inside I was thinking of my grandmamas and my grandparents. That's the way we were raised, in a sense, from inside out. Let me ask you a question now. In, in our world now, there's so many blended families, right? So when you have a, a blended family, well, I'm, yeah, I'm going to Daisy here. And, and Daisy, I want to ask you a question. What happens when you have two parents or two fathers in, in a family, how do you work with, with that particular situation when you have two different parents that are, two, two fathers that are raising a family? Because nowadays we have so much of that. What do you instill in, in, those, in that whole family? What do you, who, is, who is the primary and who's the secondary? Is that what you do? Or who is the living at the house that that controls the answers. Well, yeah, you... we actually cover that in week two. We talk about uh, co-parenting. Not all, but most of our men are dealing with an ex-wife or an ex-girlfriend. You know, so that's what we're actually dealing with. And there is a lot of blended families out there. Now, one of the key things that we have to remember and that we actually teach the men is that the natural parent has the authority until there's trust. So, so that, that's full of landmines whenever there is a uh, blended family because, you know, that's where you'll hear, you're not my mother or you're not my father. That's what, that's what you'll hear when the wrong person is actually doing the authority until they actually get the trust. You know, so, so they have to earn the trust first and then get the authority. You know, so got to get it in their head and in their hearts and in their hands. So, but what we find is that um, 
you know, if the men are faithful, if the women are faithful, and, and that actually happens, then the other parent actually supports the child, and that's how they actually earn the trust. Trust is actually really early in someone's life. You know, when, when kids are actually crying and uh, because of wet diaper or they're hungry, the parents know where that's coming from, and then the parents actually feed them or change their diaper, and that's actually where trust comes from. It comes really early in, in life. So later on, the older that the kids uh, are, that trust has to actually be built. It is not just the man's role to be the disciplinarian in there until trust is there. Trust happens first, and then you can disciple the kids. And we use the word disciple instead of discipline because discipline, it comes from disciple. Mm -hmm. So we should actually be discipling uh, the kids. But that's, that's one of the things we talk about. Nice. But we also do talk about uh, things on week two, specifically about the moms. And really what we want to do is we want to assign respect to the role of the mother. You know, because that's what the deal is, is that um, men understand respect. Women understand love. That's what the whole book Love and Respect is all about, is that women understand loving ways, and men understand respectful or disrespectful ways. So Interesting. we talk to the men about those and, and make sure that they understand. But what happens uh, is we do it in a real creative way. We actually give uh, ask the men to give us two lists. One list is... Give us one word to describe your mother, you know, and that list usually has uh, things like caring, loving, kind, uh, selfless, faithful, and trusting. That's how they describe their own mothers, you know, and then we ask them to give us one word to uh, describe their ex. And what makes a, a, the list every time is things like angry, manipulative, mean, crazy, and then a few cuss words. Interesting. And then we have each man go ahead and write this sentence down. My mom is, and then draw a line. And then in that line, you put the word that you just used for your ex. And then we have every man stand up and read that mm. sentence. My mom is manipulative or crazy. And we ask them to, uh, to think about how that felt. And it didn't feel real good because it was not true. Well, kids love their mothers. Mother's mom is always home. You can o you can always get accepted back by mom. So they mean a lot to you know to their kids. You know so we when in co-parenting we have to respect each other to parent together it, because uh, it's it's like landmines. I was just saying is that you know kids they don't even know exactly how to react, but they have to pick sides is how they feel is that they have to have an allegiance to mom or dad or whatever, and even the rolling of the eyes or the, the things that happen that are actually nonverbal. The kids pick up on that. They're yes. smart. They're yes. smart. You yeah. know, so we actually yes. have to work together. So yes. we yeah. also t tell, you know, draw three circles. And, you know, so the, there's a middle circle and then one on the right, one on the left, and they're all connected. You know, and then one of them we put on their dad on the left-hand side. On the right-hand side, we put mom. In the center one, we put kid. You know, and what we show the men and the women, you know, in these classes is that each one of our kids are half mom, half dad. 
So when we're actually pulling away from each other, we're putting tension on our own kids. Mm -hmm. We're harming our own kids, and that's, that's right. not something that we want what to do. do. That's right. You Interesting, know, so, yes. So we, we teach them that they need to work together. You know, so that's what uh, week two is all about. Now, the most impactful one is actually week three. You know, and that's when we talk about our own dads. So, uh, you know, when we talk about our own dads, uh, it is uh, not a surprise that it is a time where there's a whole lot of emotions. There's a whole lot of times that dad wasn't there. And even when he was there, you know, he wasn't actually, you know, mentally there, physically there, emotionally there. They were somewhere else. You know, that's actually my story is that physically my dad wasn't there. You know, so whenever I started growing up and getting out there into the world, and I did things the way that I thought I should, what I saw in movies, yeah. what I heard in songs, yeah, right. mm -hmm. you know, those type of things. I mean, I didn't know for sure if it was right, but you know what? You know, I don't have time. I just need to get out there and I need to man up, right? You know, so I didn't know, but I, we talk about it all the time, you know, more is caught than taught, you know, and so I needed a man. And that's where my brother actually stood up. My oldest brother actually stood up and started leading the family. He went to work. Now, I'm a very passionate person, so, and when I talk about things, so I just don't want y'all to be surprised if I start crying. Because, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> because I can feel it already. That's all Is right. That, you so, know, that so I needed to, a man to stand up. Excuse me for a second. I'm going to, just one thing that I'm going to say here in our Jewish, in our Jewish families when there's a father, the father that, that, that had you is not always the father, it's the father that raises you. Mm. Yeah. And that's something that I'm, I'm listening to you. So your, your, your brother took the place of your father in a sense. Correct. That Correct. happens and a lot. I happens really a think lot. that's yes. what, what saved me, you know, and, and some of the things mm. that I didn't get into, mm. you know, so... So Anyways. I'm going to just real quick say something again, and I'm going to tell you that I admire Daisy and Luis. I know them very in a very limited time, but what I've seen is Luis has, is an amazing gentleman with Daisy and, her, and the children together, and it's a blended family, so I've seen them together, and, and I see that love, and then I see Michael's love for his children, and you sort of look at these fathers that are essential, and, and you know, I... I, I appreciate that, and sitting here listening to this, I'm, I can kind of look and see, wow, I'm, I've got an example of, of two wonderful men sitting right at our table, including you, but I, I, now I am, I'm understanding what you're talking about, the discipline and the disciples. Mm. Yep, exactly. You're listening to Alexandra and Friends, and we are here with our special guest, Mr. Paul Juarez. This is really good. And uh, he's telling us all about a New Day Services, which yeah. helps. Uh, is it like a rehabilitation, maybe? Oh, that's great. I'm Father rehab? Yeah, yeah I've never fun? heard it put like that. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's nice. exactly what we do is, you know, and, and the thing is, some of it is rehab, but some of it is the very first time they've actually ever heard it because they've never had a father in their home. So right. some of the stuff, I mean, there's epiphany that happens all the time you you're know. breaking chains and yes. breaking bonds yes. and I like redefining that. breaking chains yes, break yes. Every chain. yes. yes. Yeah. redefining what it is to be a, a godly family unit mm -hmm. because it's god's design mm -hmm. exactly 
And then he's right. not wrong. And when no. and we try to go outside of that, when we try to do things our own way, when um, or try to change them, yeah. right? Try to change what he what he has brought to our world. Exactly. I think that's where it all comes. One of the big things that we introduce in week three, when we talk about our own fathers, is actually forgiveness, and we draw the so circle important. again. So important. You know, in that circle, is it something that we can control, or something we can't control? That's right. It's our actions. That's we right. can actually control whether we forgive, forgive someone. Them. That's right. Whether I mean, they I, actually ask for forgiveness or not. It's with inside of you. Right. But then you've got to understand if you don't forgive, it's a blockage. That's it true. blocks your blessing. Yep. Yes, it so does. you have to be a forgiving person. You have to forgive. It's a must. Yeah. Yeah, it's a must. So, you know, I said before is that we didn't have examples in our lives. So mm -hmm. when we're dealing with our fathers, one of the, some of the biggest things that have happened is that, uh, so I call them in every, every week. So I'm a chaplain to them, mm -hmm. you know, so the, after week three, I always call them the next day because I can get some emotions and I can make some, uh, some big connections there. Just this last, uh, uh, week three that we went through, uh, we had a man who hadn't talked to his father in 20 years and the very next day he found his number and he gave him a call and he told him he forgave uh, he forgave him for everything that he had done in this previous i don't know what it was but he called him after not talking to him for 20 years and uh told him that he forgave him and his father no doubt actually said i forgive you yeah uh, thank you for forgiving me uh i need to ask um for your forgiveness as well you know so so it it actually goes full circle and and fathers know i mean there's a ton of regret one thing that goes well with fathers is that we always have regret you know i mean we don't we're not perfect we know that that's why we've got a a god that is full of grace but we talk about some hard things we actually on that week we do uh inside out circles so we actually talk to each other and men face each other, and, and then we ask questions, and they answer it to each other. So uh, we ask, here's a few questions is, if you could erase one event with your child, what would that be? If you could erase one event with your father, what would it be? What is one thing in your own life that you try to control better? Um, what would you tell your father if he were here tonight? You know, so these are really hard questions yeah. that we ask in the classes. But I'm, I'm wondering how many people are in your classes and why aren't they full and, you know, waiting for people to be enrolled because this sounds like something that everyone can benefit from. Yeah, I mean, I'm listening to the questions now and I'm tearing up because... Me too. <laughs> yeah, so it's there's not a, any more emotions that can happen from a father, which our Heavenly Father will never leave mm -hmm. us or forsake us. You know, so that's that's the correlation is that's why that name, the father, that's why it was so important for God to send a son oh, yeah. because because it makes a huge difference in people's lives. I don't want to get off of this is that so uh, what we talk about in week four, you know, and then going forward, we, we actually start defining what a real man is, oh. not what the culture tells you what a real man is, because culture well, we'll tell you through media, movies, social media, all those type of things that a man's supposed to be successful no matter what, macho, strong, a womanizer, and sometimes dopey and idiot, you know, but bold and in charge, right? That's what they say. But we also make another list. 
So that's the list that we make. Another list that we ask a man, uh, what is a real man? And they tell us, the men in the groups tell us that they're respectful, full of integrity, honest, courageous, kind, wise, and a protector. And we ask the men, which one are you pursuing more? And that's a question that we have to ask every man. Which one are you pursuing more? The one that you know Mm -hmm. that you should be doing or the one that culture tells you you should be doing? So we actually have four roles of manhood that we talk about. And we think every man should be these four. Sometimes it's uh, one of the aspects is is larger than the other, depending on the man, because we're all different. But we believe that every man has it within him to be a servant, a leader, a warrior, and a companion. And we actually define all of those roles, you know, for the men. We give them definitions that we have them memorize them. And they are to call on each one of those roles whenever it's needed. So sometimes we do need to be a warrior. And men understand a warrior. But a warrior is one who fights the right battle at the right time, in the right place, in the right way, with the right weapons, for the right reason, and for the right people. Amen. And their their kids and their families are the right people. And we're fighting these battles in this world, you know, and it's not a lost cause. It's going to make a difference, and it's going to break those chains. I do want to share a couple of... uh, uh, and, you know, and then the rest of the weeks, what we're doing is we're talking about a vision for our kids and, and, and their families. You know, so it's not what's right now. It's mm-hmm. what's into the future. You know, so we show them how to uh, create visions and, and build strong kids as well. You know, but uh, one of the things that happens is that week 10, we actually have them come in and it's a little bit serious. We actually, the very last... Uh, thing that we have them do is we have them write a letter uh, to their kids as if they were never going to see them again. Oh, wow. Because tomorrow is not promised. We ask the men to write letters in like their last words to their kids. What advice would they give them? Uh, What would they want their children to know, to do, to be? It's not what you're going to do. It's who you're going to be. A reverse Father's Day card. (laughs) <laughs> right? so awesome yeah yeah exactly so and that's you know, what we're celebrating this month we're celebrating that's, father's you know. day yes. exactly yes exactly we, we really i'm excited that you're sitting here because i think that we don't a lot of us do not understand how important it is to have a father or, or the father it might not be the one that we that brought us to this world but whoever the father took the, the place because it is essential because god is our father Exactly. And it was really, really important to God. So much so is the last words in the book of Malachi, the last words of the Old Testament, this is what it says. Malachi 4, 5 says, See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents. Or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. And then the very first words of the New Testament, it was when an angel of the Lord came to Zechariah and he said, he will go ahead of the Lord with the spirit and the power of Elijah. He will change the father's attitudes or hearts towards their children. You know, so the last words of the Old Testament and then the first words of the New Testament, and this was really, really important to God as well. 
You know, one of the things that you know I, I started with, and this is one thing that everybody struggles with, and it's struggle and struggle with control, just mm -hmm. like exactly uh, what you said in the song. Wow. And that's a big thing that we actually teach the men is is that influence, not control, because we can't really control anything. It's influence, right? So there's a parable that Jesus told about a father and two sons. And uh, in Matthew 21, it says, what do you think? There was a man who had two sons and he went to the first and he said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and he went. Then the father went to the other son and he said the same thing. And he answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of the father? The first they answered. Now, he was talking to the Pharisees. He always talked to the Pharisees who always kind of had it wrong. He's always right? trying to school them. <laughs> Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of yep. God ahead of you. So really what he did is he didn't actually answer the question. He told them that both things matter. The attitude the heart and the hands, the actions, the attitude and the hands. Because both of these men, one of them had the right attitude, right? He's like, yeah, absolutely, I'm going to go. And then he didn't do anything. And the other one says, no, I'm not going to go. But and then he actually did go, and he worked in the fields. You know, so really what God wants is he wants both. He wants your heart and your hands. And with these men that we're working with, if we can get it into their head, then to their hearts, and then to their hands, then we're doing what God wants us to do, every single one of us, not just fathers and mothers, but, you know, just being human beings here in, in this country, in this world. You know, we really want to follow the Lord, and he gives us the way that we should follow the Lord, with our hearts and our hands. You're listening to Alexander Friends. We're recording at the Old House Barbecue. I'm, I'm just emotionally, I'm just, you're taking my heart, but... What an amazing show. And thank you so much, Daisy, for getting uh, Paul here. Yeah, because Daisy was the one that really um, got us to bring you here because it was, it, we were always going 100 miles an hour. But, well, tell us a little bit about New Day as an organization. How can we, as citizens, support you? Uh, support you and, and how can Daisy and Luis and I and Michael, what can we do? And... and can you notify our listeners how they can get hold of you if they need you? Yeah, I mean, always way to get in touch with me is my cell phone. I give it out to everybody. I've never had any kind of issues for years. We'll go ahead and add it to our, uh, our 214-649-7810. And I've got cards here that I'll leave with you guys as well. You know, but, uh, yeah, just get in touch with us. Right now, I'm trying to plan an event. You know, um, what happened with New Day Services is that um, you know, which happened with everybody, is that COVID. Um, COVID. Yeah, COVID happened. So we haven't actually had an event uh, since 2019. You know, be out there in the community to tell people. So we need relationships. We need mm -hmm. to actually uh, tell our story to people on a big stage. So I want to have an event, you know, and uh, we've already got the hotel booked, the, uh, or not booked, identified. 
And then we have the speaker. I think it's a really good speaker that I've had uh, before. His name Daryl Strawberry. Used to be a baseball, a baseball player, player, you know, and fell off uh, and went to prison and, and uh, you know, so had some really, really bad troubles. His father actually told him that he would not amount to anything. And wounds from a father. Word, word. I mean, they are really, really hard. Mm, you know, mm. so, so there was a lot of things that he started pursuing and he didn't have the father in his life. And then he actually had to sit in, in church and listen to his preacher for five years before he got back up and he went out there. Now he's a minister speaking about the Lord, speaking about Jesus and what he's done in his life. You know, so um, I know Daryl, we want to book him uh, for an event in October 20th uh, here in the Metroplex. You know, but I need underwriters. I need, I need people that will actually pay for the event. For us to actually book it, we need about $10,000 to actually book it now. I don't have any doubt uh, the way that God has gifted me that we will be able to actually have a successful event and, and make new relationships with people to teach them about what we are doing out in the community and making a difference. And people want to get involved. We just need to start having events. So what I'm looking for right now is around $10,000 to actually book the location and book the speaker to have a tremendous event to get back out there and make a big splash so people will know about New Day Services and what we do. So now that we're talking about New Day Services, the organization, I see that just from reading of it, so you also like a, chari a charity, is that what you are? We're, we are a 501c3. 501c3. Nonprofit. Nonprofit, yes. okay. And when people come to you, I see that you have children and families, but uh, is that, uh, do you give, what is the process for them? How do they get to you, and what is the process in between? Do they get benefits of food? What, what, is, what does the organization do for them? Yeah, so we actually have two parts to our okay, process. That's we have the classes reading. that we actually teach, right. and then after the 10-week class, we have, we have uh, a couple of men and a couple of women that are actually called uh, resource navigators. Okay. And what they are is as mentors to these men and women, and they will work with them, whether it be like things like housing and food and, and, and job searches okay. and stuff like that. They actually point them in the right direction to resources that are available in their communities to be able to help them out. But what they do is they walk with them, they mentor them you know, uh, through this process, you know, so we, we come alongside them in the classrooms, but, and then we hand them off to other men and women that are able to, um, support, show groups. them their resources that are available to them. And they actually graduate from your class. Is that correct? That us also people graduating. Is that correct? Yeah, that's, that's correct. We actually play the, the pomp and circumstance music and we actually do a graduation, you know, and then, uh, you know, we always have men that come back. You know, uh, on a regular basis, I've got a guy named Sonny and a guy named Juan that both graduated, uh, one in December and one in January, but they help me out with every single class. They come back. They don't, they're no longer court ordered to come, you know, but they just come back just to help us out. And then I get phone calls from guys saying, hey, can I come week one? Week one, uh, I like to call that angry week because a lot of times mm -hmm. these men are in the process of, uh, in there because they don't want to be and they don't want anybody to yes. teach them how to be a, a father, you know, yes. so, you know, it's angry week. So it really helps out when men that have graduated the program before come back and they actually encourage the men and tell them, hey, this is not what you're thinking. It's something totally different. Now, you just said something that caught my attention when you say they come back. 
you do you have a young men or men that come through sometimes you said through court is the court calls you and, and sets up that this is part of their program so tell us a little bit about that I was reading that on your tell, yeah. tell us about that so what what happens on in the CPS system so men and women find themselves in the CPS system so uh, they get a phone call or something happens you know uh, drugs or the hospital or police get involved you know and uh, they get in the CPS system so Investigation is the very first part of the CPS system. So 30 days, you know, they will investigate and see if there's something there. And a lot of times they remove the, uh, the children and put them with foster parents or family members, you know. And then if you're in the non-legal system, that can be around six months. If you're in the legal system, you can have your kids removed and you only have supervised visitation for about a year or yeah, even so more. So they're going to come in angry in that first so they they are going to come in angry, you know. So it really helps to bring other men, uh, you know, and uh, try to encourage them that it is not something that um, that what they're already thinking about, you know. So so we get from judges and we get uh, from counselors. We'll get referrals from CPS and CPS loves our program so much they actually are willing to pay for it for the men, you know. So for the men and uh, and the women that are actually in our classes. CPS actually pays for them to actually be in there, you know, oh. so, so it is no charge to them. So there's a cost to the, to the class, is that yeah. correct? Yes, so we, we actually, uh, you know, charge CPS a certain amount per person per class that actually come, you know, so that's done backstage, you know, and they, they pay us to actually do that. But we also accept people in the community, you know, to just come in, you know, and, uh, and a lot of times those are all just voluntary basis. You know, so men in the community that just want to come and take the class, we allow that as well. That's amazing. Wow. What an amazing wow. show for Father's Day. Yes, mm -hmm. we, we are so, That's so, good. so happy that you're here yes, with us today you. and sharing what you do. Uh, is there any possibility for this program to expand? Because right now I understand you're only in Denton. So we're actually in 27 counties. Oh, you know, okay, so I am only in Denton, you know, <laughs> okay. but expansion is exactly what we want to do. So uh, we're in 27 counties all over DFW. We actually started off in Fort Worth, and that's where our corporate office is. Now, I work from home in Denton, you know, but what I'm doing right now, especially this month, I want to go out and I want to talk to men's groups. Uh, whatever the men's group is, I want to go out there and I want to talk to them. So I've been speaking at churches, Kiwanis, Rotary groups. You know, that's really a good referral for me is for me to go out there and speak in these groups. You know, but for expansion, we can expand a lot more. We can go all over Texas. We can go all over the United States. You know, and we can actually make a bigger impact. It just depends on relationships. So. Really, that's what I'm doing here, and that's what I'm doing everywhere else, is trying to build relationships and interest in what we're doing. It's obviously making a difference, you know, and we think we can roll it out all over the country. Well, we're so excited in this opportunity that you'll have this podcast to uh, get out to all over the world, because wherever you are and you listen to podcasts, you can listen to alexandraandfriends.com or Alexander and Friends on the web on Facebook. That is so exciting. I have a, another qu a question. So, you're a past a minister. Is that I correct? Pastor? I was pastored out of First Baptist Church, didn't? Are you now um, in a church, or do you have your own church, or yeah, you're so ministering now? I'm a minister to these men. That's what I do. Is I minister to these okay. men. Okay. You know, so that that's you know, it's interesting, is because here recently, 
you know, when I was running uh, that other ministry, uh, which was uh, First Refuge First Ministries, Refuge, yes. when I was running that ministry, what happens is we get church partners, right? And and what happens is these churches ask me to preach at their at their uh, churches, and I, I knew really early on, you know, that um, I was not a preaching pastor, you know. So what I did is I went and wrote one sermon. And uh, what I was doing is I was preaching that one sermon over and over again. So I figured that if I preach the same sermon over and over again, I can look like I'm gifted, even though I wasn't gifted. You know, so that's what I started doing, the same exact sermon all over the place. And it fit our ministry really, really well. And it was out of uh, the book of Luke when John the, John the Baptist's disciples come and ask Jesus, are you the one to come or should we wait for another? Mm-hmm. And And what... Jesus says is go back and tell John what you have seen and heard, the lame walk, the blind see, the mute speak, the dead are being raised, and the good news is being shared with the, gospel, uh, with the poor. You know, so that right there was pretty awesome, and I kept sharing that message over and over again. The good news being shared with the poor gave me an opportunity to actually tell about my dad, you know, being poor and and in prison. And then somebody shared the gospel with this poor man and it changed the trajectory of our whole family for generations to come. So that one's the only one that I actually saw in that whole list that actually lasted, you know, because, uh, you know, there's no lame people walking on streets of gold. There's no blind people in heaven. There's no people with leprosy uh, up there in heaven. You know, oh, so man. if they put their trust in the Lord, even though the ones that died here and Jesus raised them from the dead, they all died again to this world. You know, but the one that said sharing the gospel with the poor in that list of miracles uh, was different because it can make a difference in families, generations for generations to come. You know, for their grandkids. Now I'm raising my grandkids who love Jesus. You know, so I'm able to do that. So I'm I'm preaching this all over uh, town. That's exciting. Well, we're coming almost to the end of the our show here, and uh, I want I want to I I understand that you're also an actor. Yes. Is that correct? And tell us a little bit about that very quick, and tell us about the movie that you're in. Exactly what I was about to do. So, (laughs) so, so, uh, remember, I left September 1st, you know, uh, First Refuge Ministries, and after one day, I was bored, so I signed up to be an extra, and what happened is I got uh, an opportunity for The Chosen. So I signed up to be an extra for a TV show that's popular right now called The Chosen. So I actually uh, got uh, got registered and uh, they they picked me and then I was going to be a citizen, which I was excited. And then the day before mm. they changed my title and sent me an email that says I'm cast as husband with broken foot. So I actually I went on set and I actually uh, got there and they started treating me different right off the bat. They knew my name and they took me to hair and makeup. Hair didn't take all that long. <laughs> it's all right. But I went ahead and uh, sat there in a the chair and right behind me was Nathaniel and Thaddeus. So I was like, something's weird. And they put me in a holding tank and I called my wife. I said, hey, something's going on. She's like, well, how do you know you've never been an extra? And I was like, well, I don't know. I just don't. So I they, love that. Never they, been an extra. They come and pick me up and they take me to the set where we're actually about to film. And then here comes Dallas Jenkins, the director, and introduces himself to me. And then Jesus comes up and introduces to himself to me. And then a woman comes up and says, hey, I'm going to be playing your wife. And... Uh, <laughs> 
And I, I said, hell, cool. you an actress? And she said, yeah, where would I know you from? Uh, where? And I said, where would I know you from? And she said, this, that. And uh, she said, where would I know you from? I said, oh, you wouldn't know me. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just an extra. And she was a little bit confused on that. But we started rehearsing and going through, and there was a group um, uh, not too far away from us rehearsing it right around the same time. And then they brought in all the extras surrounded us. And it was a big old scene where Jesus was just healing a whole lot of people. You know, so there was somebody got healed in front of me and then I came up and and I got healed. He he blew on my foot and then I stamped, stomped it and I actually jumped him. That actually became a meme uh, that went all over the world that says how I plan on greeting Jesus when I get to heaven. You can find it on Facebook. Oh, wow. But I, I just jumped him and uh, and and everybody loved it and then he healed a few more people and then here comes through the crowd uh, uh, Simon and Peter and then two men and and Simon says this is uh, John the Baptist disciples they have a question for you and they said are you the one to come or should we wait for another Mm-hmm. Exactly the same sermon I had been preaching over and over again. Remember, I only have one sermon that I preached over and over again. And I'll land on the scene in season three, now. episode is six. Good. Isn't that now. great? Yes. <laughs> so that, that's kind of what I did. And, and now I've been doing some background acting. I was actually on set with The Chosen last night. Wow. You know, out in Midlothian. So we're finishing up season four, and it'll come out in January. Congratulations. Uh, Congratulations. So yeah. tell and us about Michael Clark what? where he can go and see you because he lives in Midlothian. <laughs> yeah. One of our producers. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. He's a big fan of the show. Oh, yeah. So there's, there's a. Uh, oh, so is Lewis. I can see raising his hand up there. I'll be a stunt double. Stunt double. Lewis said oh. he'll be a stunt double. <laughs> The extra, extra double, right? There is a time that uh, Judas actually hangs himself and he falls off the, you know, I don't know if that's a stunt. Maybe you want to do that one. (laughs) But you know what? One of the things I like to say is that I actually, one of the things that happened is just just because of the color of my skin, uh, olive skinned, is that I got privilege. So I actually got brown privilege. Uh, from just Amen. being on the chosen, Amen. and and I get chosen to actually <laughs> be right up that. front, you know, on everything. So I mean, I'm married to a white woman, and I don't know about You're the married to white privilege and all that stuff. But I do know that I've gotten you. brown privilege myself. You know, so so uh, I gotten uh, favor from the Lord. Really, Amen. Is what it is. So the name of the movie is. The show, TV show, is called The Chosen, and they've actually made three seasons so far. I'm in season three, episode six. I'm actually in four, five, and six, All but right. um, but you can't usually pick me out. I can pick myself out. <laughs> I'm front and center on episode six, and Jesus heals my foot, and then I just jump him. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so very much for being here. Awesome. Daisy, what are, any, any th- updates that we need to know before we leave for the day, for the week? Um, no, but just one other fact about the show, that it's, it's crowdfunded. Yeah. It's, it's the first ever crowdfunded that, I mean, a ton of people just loved the idea, and they started funding it. So awesome. It, they've actually got it funded for a few more years. It's actually going to go seven seasons, and then it'll be over. Uh, but uh, it'll take you through Jesus' life all the way through this. And this is something that... It, it's 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 been it's been bringing people to the Lord, and they've been accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior through this show, which is wow. amazing. It's beautifully done. Everything, oh, yes, the emotion, is. and just the scenes. It's yes. an amazing show. Just real quick before we close the show, we want to thank Mr. Jose again for having us here again. This is a great location for us to 
have our show, but also the best food in town. And today best we barbecue. have brisket baked potato, which is out of this world. And this evening, he's got Elvis Presley pl uh, playing here. Uh, Elvis Presley impersonator. Per impersonator playing this evening much. here. So they'll be here uh, playing, and I've, that was a good news for me. But anyway, we appreciate you being here today. Marshall, anything you have to close the show with? Oh, no, this was wonderful. Thank you so much, Paul. This this was an this amazing show. This was wonderful. Thank Love you. your singing. Oh, thank you. Actually, I made that song up. <laughs> we yeah, make up a lot of things. Spot. I'm, a, I'm a writer, a producer. Wow. She's I'm a, a songwriter, so author. I can just come up with something real quick. Yeah. We and want to thank you again yes. very, very thank much. You. And was awesome. is there anything you want to say before we close? And then we'd like to ask you to close us with a prayer. prayer. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Love you, Facebook. That's thank my tagline. You. And thank happy you. Father's Day to all, right. all the happy dads out there, yes. especially yes. the dads that you're ministering to. Thank you. Let me work. go ahead and pray then. Okay. All right, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to be here with these wonderful people, God, in this amazing barbecue joint. I pray that you will just uh, bless the rest of our day, God, and, and this month, God, uh, you know, being Father's Day and, and the impact that fathers make in this world, God. Uh, I just pray for forgiveness, God. I pray for forgiveness for all the fathers out there, God. I find that a lot of times people need to forgive their own fathers, but they only they also need to forgive themselves, That's God. Right. Amen. Uh, the times that we have failed, God, you never fail. Our Heavenly Father is always going to be there. So we thank you and we love you and we yes, praise you. All the glory is for you, yes. for your son. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Shalom, Shabbat. Hey, everyone. This is Jose Gillian, the owner of All House Barbecue, located in Louisville and Carrollton. You can find us at allhousebbq.com. And we are the proud sponsor of Alexandra and Friends. Come and see us. Thank you. You're listening to Alexandra and Friends. Find us at alexandraandfriends.com or on the Facebook Alexandra and Friends. Have a wonderful week.